There you go. You got me. Hallelujah. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Heal in Jesus' name. Amen. Heal in Jesus' name. Amen. Holly. Heal in Jesus' name. Amen. Ed, that side door is open. That's right over there to your left. There you go. Father, we praise you and thank you, Lord. For you are good, amen, all the time. Ed's healed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, don't forget, we have the new app, the church app. Okay? You don't have it on your phones, download it. You can get all your messages, send in prayer requests. You can do your donations. Everything on the church app. Amen. Another thing, um, don't forget prayer meeting on Wednesdays at 7. And just go to where the light is and the cars are. How's that? <laughs> For prayer meeting. We could be here at the church, we could be at our house, and we could be at mom. So you just be aware of that in one of the three locations. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to take up an offering. Grace, you want to come on down? We're going to take up an offering and then the kids can be dismissed for kids' church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for the tithes and the offerings that you're bringing into this place. Lord God, I pray that, Lord God, as we're coming into a spring season, that you would spring forward into our finances, Lord God. That, Lord God, that you would spring forth and do mighty miracles in our finances, that you would bless those Lord God, that bless you. And Lord, I pray this. And Lord God, we believe this and we know this. And Lord God, and, and, and we are just thankful for what you're going to do. And we're expecting great and mighty things, Lord God, for your people. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. Well, Grace, that ought to be pretty quick. <laughs> Bing and bang and boom. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. All right, the title of my sermon is called The Living Sacrifice. And if you got your Bibles, you can open up to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And put a marker in there because we're going to be using this. I'm going to read you the whole chapter first. Romans chapter 12. Therefore... I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
For, the, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same functions, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in the portion proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, then let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low positions. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take refuge, my friends, or do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen? Amen. Romans 12, 1-2 is one of the Bible's best known passages. When we read here, what we read here is an excellent description of of the essence of the believer's response to God's grace. Our obedience is the product of God's work in us, in our lives. Our yieldedness to Him is what God is looking for. Do you believe that? God is looking for a yielded spirit, a yielded person to Him. Being a living sacrifice 
He says, is our spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. You see, when we accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, what happens to us? What happens to us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Everybody knows this answer. You become a new creation, right? You become a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? Philippians 4, it says, I want to put your marker there on Romans 12 because we're going to go back and forth. Philippians 4, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21, it says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Right? The new has come. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ and Ambassadors. Do you know what it means to be an ambassador? We have ambassadors all around the world, don't we? In America. They are there to represent the United States. Right? That's what an ambassador is. We are here on this world to represent Christ Jesus to the world. Each one of us is an ambassador of Christ Jesus. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you are a new creation, you are an ambassador. Amen? Wherever you go. And if you're an ambassador of Christ, then don't you want to be like Christ? Shouldn't you reflect Christ? Shouldn't you look like Christ? Shouldn't you smell like Christ? Shouldn't you? You should. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin. For us, that is, for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We might become the righteousness of God. I want to tell you, when you go to heaven... You want to be in God's righteousness. You don't want to be out of it. You don't want to be out of God's righteousness. You have been reconciled 
through Christ Jesus. In other words, you have been bought. Your sins have been forgiven. You are in right standing with God. You, when you become born again and you accept Jesus as your Christ and your Savior, and you become a new creation, you immediately become the righteousness of God. Immediately. And you have to stay in that righteousness. Right? You have to stay in that righteousness. So you, in order to stay in that righteousness, there's only one way to stay in that righteousness, and that is to stay in Christ Jesus. Amen? There's no other way. And as a new creation created in Christ, our minds are being renewed by the transformation that Christ can only do. Our minds can only be renewed through Christ. Our minds can only be renewed or transformed by Christ. And we go back to Romans chapter 12, and it says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the renewing of your mind is getting rid of the old thoughts, getting rid of the old man, the old creation, becoming a new creation. Getting rid of the negative thoughts, the unholy thoughts, the thoughts that separate you from God, the thoughts that the enemy puts in your mind to pull you away from what God is calling you to do. And you can do this simply by saying, and you can repeat this after me, I'm a new creation in Christ. Let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. And I'm covered my mind by the blood of Christ that was shed for me. Amen? That's what we have to do. That's our, that's our warfare against the enemy. Because I'm telling you, the attack begins in the mind. The enemy starts within your mind. And so whenever you have any thought like that, you've got to take it right away. Don't let that enemy get a root in there. Don't let him get a foot in there. Because once he gets a foot in there and he gets a root in there, then it becomes a bigger problem. You got to nip it in the bud. I finally said that saying right. <laughs> finally, after I don't know how many years, but you got to you got to immediately take that right and just get rid of it. And trust me, this week has been a testing week for a lot of us out there. For a lot of us. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how do you guard your hearts? You present all your requests to God in prayer. You are requesting with petitions, with thanksgiving. That means you do it joyfully. Be thankful. God, I'm so thankful. Lord, I'm thankful that you're working this out for me for the good. I'm thankful that, Lord God, that, Lord, what the enemy meant for a curse is is going to become a blessing. I pray that over that car in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? And over our marriages, when the enemy wants to destroy us, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for my children that you've given me, God. I want to come to you with a thankful heart. So that the peace of God which transcends all understanding will come over my mind. So that way my mind doesn't go on a rampage. We all know what that's like. We all know what happens when somebody says something to you that you don't quite agree with and you're not happy about it. Then you get so like, oh my gosh, I just want to tear them apart. You know, I can't believe this is going on. And then your mind starts running wild. Like an unbridled horse that's never been broke. Running out there and you're just going crazy. Huffing and puffing. You've heard horses snort when they're running. And they're playing and they're throwing their heads around. We have them. Just watch our horses someday. Try to tame that gray one. That's what happens with our minds. So we got to get into a thankful state, no matter what's going on all around us, no matter what the enemy is doing, we got to get to be in a thankful state. Then we got to get to be like, oh, because once your mind, once you get control of your mind, you get the peace of God come over you, no matter what situation you're in. And you start thinking clear again. So we have to renew our mind. But we have to renew our mind through Christ Jesus. We have to, in order to do that, we've got to be in Christ Jesus. Because if we're not in Christ Jesus, our mind's not renewed. We're still in the old man state. We're still the old creation. We've never really accepted the new creation. We're letting the old man rule the roost. So you got to renew your mind. You got to get rid of all those old things. Get rid of those old thoughts. And you can simply do it by, like I said, Lord, let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.9 goes on to say, Whatever is true, 
Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So that's what you do. You got to get your mind trained, you got to get control of that mind. And you got to think on the good things. Whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. So when the devil comes, you can shut the door in his face when he comes thinking these Throwing these thoughts out there at you. Now you've got a weapon that you can use against them. You have a tool in your toolbox. I've also found in my own walk with Christ that staying in a state of repentance is a key. In other words, being quick to forgive. And that's a hard one. Trust me, and some of this, these lessons I've learned the hard way. Because when you're really not happy with the results you're getting, or you're getting frustrated with something or someone, you might not have a holy thought at first. Your first thing might not be Godly, your first thought might not be godly, right? When you're having a struggle with someone or you're having a struggle with something, sometimes our first thoughts aren't really on God, are they? They're not. I know for a fact, for I'm speaking for myself now. I get mad, I get angry. You know, and it's funny. Because all I got to do now is, as soon as I think the thought, I go, oh God, forgive me for thinking that way. Forgive me. You got to be quick to repentance on that. You can't let that thought stick in there for too long. Because it just builds anger and strife and frustration. And that's how things get broken. That's how marriages get broken. That's how physical things get broken. That's how people lose their temper and control. Because they get let the, what happens is you let the devil get in there, right? You let the devil get in your mind. You give you open the door and you give him a foothold by saying something like that, even if it's in your mind by thinking that way. You open the door to him. You got to remember our words have power. There's power in the word. The word is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Our words that we speak have power. And once you get the enemy in there, it's harder to get the enemy out. Trust me. Because what happens, it broods unforgiveness. Unforgiveness broods bitterness. Bitterness can get to hate. You know? And that's not how God called us to live. That's not what he wants from us. God wants our minds on him. You know, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent. Think on these things. We've got to remind ourselves, 
But you know, it's funny because even this week, with everything going on, I had all the holy thoughts, and I and I'll give you this example. And I said, "Oh Lord, forgive me for that." Right now, don't let the enemy get in there. And I looked over at Julie. I said, "Well, now I know what it's really like to live in a state of repentance, to be actually living in a state of repentance all the time." Because there's things like, "Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this." You know, we all have those thoughts. There's things out there that we don't want to do. But you know what? God is calling you to do those things in order for you to grow. And my first reaction sometimes on some of these things is like, I don't want to do that. And then my next reaction was, oh, Lord, forgive me. You know, and then it's so funny because Julie and I are like, well, it's another lesson. We're learning another lesson. Maybe God has said, no, you know what? You're learning this. You're getting faith for this, and you're growing in the Lord. And even though it's not easy... You know? But you know what's so funny? The devil say that asking for forgiveness is not easy. But it's so stinking easy. All you got to do is say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. How hard is that? Really? How hard was that? It's only our pride that makes it hard. Right? It's only our pride that makes it hard to forgive. It's us wanting to be right even though we're wrong, you know, a lot of times we're wrong. A lot of times we're manipulated things where we're even what we say that we do is wrong. And we know it in our heart. And God knows that. But if you're quick to forgive and you're quick to ask to repent, you immediately shut the door on that devil who's trying to get a all he needs. You ever put a water in a little in a bowl? Or you ever have a faucet that drips? And you put a bucket underneath there. Pretty soon it doesn't take long for that bucket to be full. All it takes is a little hole, then you can drain that whole bucket out of water. All it takes is a little crack for the enemy to get in. And I'm telling you, the enemy is knocking on doors. He's testing us. For the believers, he is, I mean, he's out there roaring like a lion, like we sang, you know. He's out there roaring like a lion. He's out there testing the believers. He's out there, he's out there trying to tempt you into doing things, into thinking things that you shouldn't be doing. As Christians, we have a big target on our back. You know, we think that, oh, we accepted Christ Jesus. Our life is going to be great. It's going to be hard. Because now we have to be separated from the world. We can't be going through our lives as Christians with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. That's not going to fly with God. What do they call that? Lukewarmness. Read what happens to the church of Laodicea in Revelations about lukewarmness. God's going to spew you out of his mouth. Pretty scary. But we can't no longer live like that. It's time that we have both feet in the kingdom. It's time that we get our foundations on solid ground. Because once your foundations are strong, then you're going to be able to stand against everything the enemy throws at you, right? If you're standing on a strong foundation, 
it's going to be hard to move you. If you plant your feet, two feet in the kingdom of God, it's going to be hard to move you. But you can't have one foot planted in the world and one foot planted in the kingdom. It doesn't work that way. You know, I don't know why I'm, I'm going to say this. I think I do. But I've heard these sayings. I heard this saying. And I've actually seen it on a billboard. And it actually, something in my spirit drives me nuts every time I see this thing. Because I know there's some, the devil's out there. And he's out there trying to lure people away. And that saying, and I think I've seen this billboard on 17C. It says, you do you. You do you and I'll do me. Like, what the heck kind of saying is that? You do you and I do me. You do you and I'll do me. I think what we should be doing is Jesus, amen? (laughs) I think all of us should be doing Jesus and God, for one. But I've heard that saying, and when I hear it, I have this unsettled feeling in my spirit. And Paul tells us in Romans that we all have different gifts that make up the body. But if you look at them, not one of those gifts that he says to us in Romans 12 is for ourselves. They're not selfish. When I hear that saying, I think of, that's being pretty selfish. You do you and I'll do me. And it's almost, when I hear that saying, it's almost like you want to ignore the truth. It it really is weird. When I read those gifts of Paul, They're for others, and the glory is always toward God, not ourselves. And when our minds are transformed and are renewed, and we're a new creation, 100% sold out for Christ, everything and all our focus is on God, all the time. And it's not just always on God, but it's always on what's going to please God. Because if you really love someone, you want to please them and make them happy. If you really love someone with all your heart, you're going to run to the ends of the earth for them. When our worship is on God, This helps us to avoid worshiping ourselves and others and idols. When our worship is focused on God, when I hear that saying, you do you, I think of that saying as you're focusing on yourself. And I'll do me. That's almost like worshiping yourself when I hear that. But when our worship is toward God, where it should be, We avoid worshiping ourselves. 
and and others and idols. Because it's easy to look up to others. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a mentor or being respectful to others. Nothing wrong at all. But you should never look to them as a replacement for God. You should never look to them to get all your answers. Just like you should never look to me as your pastor to to give you all the answers. Because I don't know all the answers. But God does. You should always look to God. Amen? I can never replace God. I can never save a one of you. I can't save one of you. I can't. I can't tell you, Jordan, you're saved, or Annie, you're saved, or, you know. That's God's job. Right? I can't say, come into the gate. I'm not going to be the one standing at the gate saying, come on in. Come on in, everybody. It's a party in here. That's not my job. That's God's. That's Jesus. He's the one who's the shepherd of the sheep. My job is to lead you to him. My job is hopefully that you're getting a closer walk. And I hope that you're getting a closer walk to God. Keep trying to keep you on track. Keep myself and you on track. But being transformed and putting it into practice on a daily basis. You know what that does? When we are transformed, when we're truly transformed, and we put that transformation in our lives to practice every day, that makes us, that changes us within. Being yield to God every day on a daily basis. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus yielded to God, to the Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Praying that prayer, Lord God, not my will, but your will be done. It's being yielded to him. Then you let, you allow God, when you're yielded to God, and you're changed as new creation, you're allowing God to take hold of you and mold you and transform you. You're allowing God to hold your heart. You're allowing God to lead in this dance called life. You're not leading. God is the one leading. I can't dance, so I was going to try to do a little example, but I'm not too good at it. You know, when you work with horses, you want the horse to yield to you. You kids know that, Grace and Stella, from working with Grandma last year. You want the horse to yield to you. When the horse gives you both eyes is when you have the horse's full, is when the horse has your full attention. He's paying attention to you. When the horse turns and looks at you with both eyes. You can't teach a horse if that horse will not yield to you. And you know, I was thinking of this, and you know what? We're pretty much the same way. 
You were, as humans, we're pretty much the same way. It's the same way with God. If you don't give God two eyes, your whole attention, if you don't yield to God, then you're not going to be changed by him. You're not going to learn. Right? Just like a horse. So what we need to do is we need to learn to yield to God. We need to learn how to control our minds. We need to learn how to give God our full attention. And how you do that is by thinking on things that are noble, things that are pure. Get your mind separated from the world. Get into a quiet place with God, into your prayer closet, and you seek Him. And you knock, and you ask, and you listen. And I'm telling you, it's easy to seek, it's easy to knock, but it's very hard to listen. I find for myself that there's all kinds of distractions that come over my mind and through my thoughts when I am trying to listen to God. It's just like when I'm out hunting in a tree stand. And I'm trying to listen. And I get this persistent ringing in my left ear. Because when I get quiet, it gets louder. When there's noise around, it doesn't bother me as much. When people are talking and music is playing. But when I'm sitting there quiet, it's pretty annoying. And then all these other thoughts come through my mind. And I'm, and I'm trying, and I'm trying so hard to listen for the ruffling of those leaves. And Joy would know the sound of a deer. Or a squirrel. You know, you get to hear these sounds, and you get to recognize them. And you say, oh, that was a squirrel. I know it. A deer would not just all of a sudden be out of the blue. You hear this big poof in the leaves where a squirrel just jumped out of a tree. And then you hear hopping, because a squirrel hop sounds like a deer hop in the woods. But there's a big difference. A deer, you can hear them coming. You're like, oh, you can hear them coming from a ways. But all of a sudden you hear this boom. You know that's immediately a squirrel. But you know what? It's the same way when you're hunting like that, that you are when you're seeking God. You have to learn to discern his voice. You have to learn to hear him, to pick up those little signals. That's God speaking to me. And you got to block out all the distractions. you got to clear your thoughts and your minds. And that's the hardest thing. The hardest thing to do. It's easy to seek God. It's easy to talk. It's easy to pray. It's easy to sit there and just fill the whole time with your words. It's harder to sit there and be quiet and listen. And that's where I believe God wants us. Because I'm telling you, we're in the age and we're in the time where we need to hear his voice. We need to get clear direction. Because it could be life and death. It could be a marriage. It could be a family member. It can be life and death. It could be whether you cross that bridge or you don't cross that bridge. 
There are stories of that happening up in uh, Canada where the Lord spoke to this guy and he said, do not go across that bridge. And he stopped his car right in the middle of the traffic, backed up a whole highway, stopped him. He obeyed God. And not even 30 seconds to a minute later, the whole bridge collapsed. And because of his obedience, he saved all those people behind him. He blocked the whole highway. And if he didn't stop, they all would have been on that bridge, and most of them probably would have died. That's a true story. That's where we need to get to. That's the place that we should be on hearing the voice of God. Because I'm telling you, the world is not getting any better. We're getting in, we are in the end times. We're not even getting in the end times. We are in the end times. Do you know the other day I heard there was over 57 volcanoes that were erupting? In one, all in one day, 57 volcanoes erupting across the whole world. And there were 12 more that were on the verge of that. That there's a super typhoon over there hitting uh, the Philippines or close to now that had some of the highest recorded wind records over 230 mile an hour gust. That there was a two cyclones that merged into one. Can you imagine the cyclones over there on the Pacific side in Japan and Philippines and Taiwan and China, they're called typhoons. In America, they're called hurricanes. They're very much the similar same storm. But can you imagine if all of a sudden two hurricanes merged into one? That actually happened. I think it's this typhoon that's out there. Right? This, they're calling the super typhoon surgy. It's insane. The weather has gone crazy. We know it. We see it. Things are happening. We are in the end times. Not, not very long from now, I believe God is going to make his return. And we got to be ready to hear him. we got to be transformed. we got to be that new creation in Christ Jesus. we got to be, we got to be the ambassadors of Christ here on this earth. Drawing and pulling all those people we know and love. Into the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. If anybody would like prayer today on, on renewing your mind again, getting your mind renewed, you know, let's pray. Let's come on up and we'll pray. And I'll anoint you and we'll pray with you. Lord, let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. You know, it never hurts. To renew your faith. It never hurts to say, okay, I'm going to give it a fresh start again. You know, it's like riding a bicycle. When you fall down, you get back up. Same thing with riding a horse. When you fall off, you get back on. The same thing with our walk with God. When we, when we stumble a little bit here, when we stumble a little bit there, we got to get back on. We can't quit. we got to keep pressing in. we got to keep moving forward with God. Got to keep moving forward. Amen? Why don't we just do this? Why don't we all stand up, and I'll close with this. And you guys can just repeat after me.
right, you ready? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us through Christ. And Lord, put your hand over your head, right over your mind. And Lord, let this mind be in me. That's in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, let's just, with, while you're standing, I'm going to close in prayer. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day. And I pray, Father, for your anointing. Lord, I pray that any word that I've said that's not of you, Lord God, would fall away. But anything that I've said that is of you, Lord God, would, would stick into our hearts. Lord, I pray that, Lord God, that we would be transformed and made new every day, closer and closer to you, Lord Jesus, is where we want to be. We want to hear your voice without a doubt. We want to cover our minds by the blood of the Lamb, Lord God, Lord Jesus. We want to have our thoughts on you always. Lord, I pray against the devil who's out there trying to kill, steal, and destroy and pull your creation, which is us, away from you. Lord God, we bind him up and we cast him out of our lives. He has no place, no right. Lord God, because we are blood-bought, redeemed of Christ. And Lord, you have reconciled us in Christ. You have made us right. And Lord God, we're going to live rightly in your eyes. Help us to do that. And when we fall... Lord God, pick us back up and get us back on our feet again. Lord God, let us be quick to repent and forgive. And Lord, let us keep pressing into you no matter what goes on all around us. And I just pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.